0: Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. When we interview people to come on the job at principal or wherever else it is you work, you don't look for guys like Jesus picked. Those are the ones you hurry out of the office as fast as you can get them going. Because you know you can't win, you can't make money, you can't change culture with losers. Yet through dependent prayer, Jesus confidently and authoritatively picked 12 top losers. Why? Because he knew as they labored in their apostleship that their inability would highlight God's ability working through them so that the praise would be God's alone for doing the impossible with the impossible. Only one with the authority Jesus possessed would dare make such low-lying fruit the foundation of his eternal kingdom. But that is exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. Leads me to truth point number two. This is one I I really hope will just be in your mind and you won't forget it anytime soon. That Jesus has no need for the self-confident, the self-improved, the self-promoting to build his kingdom. He uses humble, shaky, least likely people to carry his message, to train his workers, and to build his kingdom. And if you doubt that, all you must do is look up here. Because I'm one of those. No matter how much I may have you buffaloed by a great exterior and handsome face and <laughs> a nice patriotic shirt, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am the shaky least likely. And if you knew my history, you'd know that. But that's who Jesus selects. Well, we move to verses 17 through 19 and the sufficiency of Jesus' authority. And when we think of the word authority, I just want to make sure that you understand what we're talking about. The word authority speaks of power, of command, of control, of mastery, of dominance, of dominion, of rule, of sovereignty, of supremacy. And authority identifies one's right to enforce their vision of how things ought to be and to expend the resources to make it happen. That's what authority means. When I was in the military and I was working for colonels, uh, and they're just one step below a general, they had a lot of authority. And working with them on a, a closed installation, they had the authority, which means they had the right to make things be the way they interpreted they should be. They didn't have to ask me, they didn't have, need my opinion, they didn't need my consent. They had the authority. They had the command. And not only did they have the right to make things be the way they thought they should be, they also had the right to spend the resources to make it happen. And that's Jesus. Scripture tells us that one day, Jesus is coming again. And when he does, he will exercise his authority over all creation. And he will manifest his vision Of how things ought to be. you realize that's happening? That's coming? There's coming a day when Jesus will come and he will, in his physical body, from Jerusalem, rule this world for a thousand years. And when he does, he will have things the way he wants them. He won't ask you. And he won't ask you. He won't ask me. He'll just enact it because he has the right and it's going to be a wonderful governance no doubt one that I think we would all vote for and say give me give me two or three helpings of that but he will do that but as we think about that future time when Jesus will come and he will govern in such a way that all things will become exactly as he wants them to be we we ought to ask the question well how does Jesus want things to be Is there anything in the Bible that tells us what he wants things to be like? Well, yeah, the Bible's full of information that would tell us what Jesus wants things to be like. Which brings me to truth point number three. When Jesus' authority is fully exercised, sin, death, sin, and Satan are banished. Let's just stop there. That's one of the things Jesus wants to happen, is he wants sin, death, and Satan to be completely gone. And they will be. And in their place, he wants love and joy and peace and life and health and abundance and gentleness and kindness and truth to be the order of the day for everybody, everywhere. Are you looking forward to that? Huh? Man, oh man, I am. Because I am sick and tired of the order of the day now. Are you? Until then... His limited exercise of authority is sufficient to carry us to God's preferred destination. Jesus right now is exercising authority so that what he has provided through the cross and the resurrection saves us from the penalty of sin. It is saving us from the power of sin and will ultimately deliver us from the presence of sin eternally that's where we're at right now there's a better day coming so with all that said what if any present day takeaways are there from this passage what if any things can we gain from this that would impact us in the here and now well I find three and the first one is this I find the absolute necessity of personal and corporate prayer that can be applied right now. We see how Jesus, God's son, spent the night in prayer before making an important kingdom decision or exercising kingdom action. Now, if Jesus depended on prayer, if he depended on a prayer connection to live his life aligned with the will of the Father, how much more do we, his disciples, need it? Let's just stop there. I think I'm a little bit ahead on time, so I've got a little time to slow it down. Now, if if God the Son, fully divine, yet clothed in human flesh, if he needed a full night of prayer before he would make a decision that impacted the kingdom or enacted something that would impact the kingdom, if he needed all night in prayer before he did that, how much more do we need that? How much more do we, his followers, who are not divine in any way, shape, or form, how much do we need? That prayer. You know, I'm convinced that the absolute necessity of prayer is revealed through the battle that wages within us to neglect regular, personal, and corporate times of prayer. Does anybody else have that battle waging within you? My hand is up. None of you do? Nobody here has a problem with keeping an an active, regular prayer. None of you? You know, if prayer wasn't all that important, we would find it easy to do. But I believe most of us would say that one of the most difficult things we have in following Jesus is maintaining an active biblical prayer life. I'll confess to that. And this reality only highlights the importance of making biblical prayer a priority each day that we live. And it highlights why the mission church must come together with regularity to join our hearts together in prayer to our Lord. That's why the leadership of the church and I have elected this summer to take our Second Sunday Prayer Gathering out of the Sunday evening context and put it in the Sunday morning context where it is the most convenient for everyone to come and spend one Sunday per month praying together as a church. Number two, we can take away this from the passage. Because of the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit, we can be and do all that Christ asks of us his authority will provide all that is needed to follow him obediently and faithfully. It just, it just hit me. I, so I have to believe it's the Holy Spirit because I'm turned off to the Satan right now. Let me read that again. Because of the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit, we can be and we can do all that Christ asks of us. I've heard people say, Pastor, I can't come and pray in public. I get that. I, I understand the, the hesitancy. I understand the anxiety it may cause as you think about doing that. But, you know, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do it if you'll just step out and do it and stop making excuses. Everything he's called you to do, he will give you the the resource to obey and to follow faithfully. Today we discovered the caliber of man that Jesus chose to be the foundation of his kingdom What kind of men were they? They were men of very little knowledge, very little ability. Yet their obvious inadequacy, despite their obvious inadequacy, they established and advanced God's kingdom work because he took their inability and made it ability. And friend, what I want you to walk away with today is that that is God's will for every single child of his. Are you born again Have your sins been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you telling people that when you die, you're going to heaven? Well, then I'm telling you that God's will for your life is to be just like the apostles and just like the disciples, to give your inability to him and he will make up the difference. And again, if you doubt that, all you have to do is look up here. Number three. There is no need, no failure, no fear, no inadequacy that cannot be overcome by the authority of Christ as he brings his kingdom power to bear in our lives. Now, for some folks, when they hear that, they, they, they may misinterpret that I'm talking about a promise of perfect health, wealth, and happiness in this world. And that's not at all what I'm talking about. That's, that's not Jesus' promise. But his promise is that he will walk through us, he will walk with us through the fire. That he will strengthen us to endure and to be transformed to a more accurate likeness of himself. Jesus clearly tells us, the word clearly tells us to expect trouble and trial and difficulty in this world. And that's not just for unbelievers, that's for believers too. But what the believer has that the unbeliever doesn't have is the personal presence of God in their life. And he'll walk through the fire with you. It won't make it any less uncomfortable, but it will make it endurable, and it will have its way in transforming your life. So we find Jesus' authority manifested in many ways in creation, but none is more important to us than his authority over sin, death, and Satan. And that authority has been earned through the redeeming work of the cross and the resurrection. And so I look to you today and I say... Have you come under that authority? Have you come under the authority of Jesus Christ as Savior? Has his blood washed away your sins? Has his resurrection empowered you to become more than you were before you were saved? Have you turned from self and from sin to embrace Jesus as the one and only Savior, following him by faith as Lord of your life? Today, the call goes out to humble yourself to confess your sin, and to receive His grace and submit to His leadership as His power transforms your life. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Richmond Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.